0: It's so hard to date in pre colonial Philippines. You're so greedy.
1: <laughs> Why can't you settle? That's no,
0: not or just one. Cool. See, I told you boys are smelly. <laughs> and this epic proves it.
1: We're not gonna go full panitikan 101. Panitikan! At, at the root of it, it's about entertainment. Yeah, yes. Right? It's like podcasts. <laughs> it's, there's always like a quest. Yes. Like there's something that he has to do. A quest for revenge, but mm-hmm. also a quest for love. And a weird little section that involves a very strange bath.
0: It's very Game of Thrones. He's such
1: a bossy baby. Mm-hmm.
0: Who is the guy in my head why I'm casting as, as Lamang?
1: Is it Gardo Versosa? Yes. <laughs> it, Gardover, Sosa? it has to be. No. This is The Gods Gods Must Must Be Be Crazy. Crazy.
0: This is a podcast where Ais and I discuss Philippine mythology and folklore. And this episode is about...
1: I wanted to cover one of the most well-known Filipino epics. Excited! And as part of it, one of the most well-known, relatively epic heroes Mm -hmm. called Lam'ang. A lot of you guys wanted us to cover a bit more of the Filipino epics and stories about deities. After all, we are called the Gods gods Must must Be be Crazy. crazy. We're
0: like the worst at it.
1: (laughs) And and the, the funny thing is, right, if you're going to look for stories of just the gods themselves and their adventures and misadventures there are a few here and there right but a lot of it is connected with like origin myths like Mm -hmm. creation of the world and stuff like that a lot of the really interesting stories that cover gods and demigods and the weird and wacky things that they go through are actually in the epics ah because it's kind of
0: like again like as we understand Greek and you know Roman mythology yeah the gods and goddesses are mostly in the epics, in the Odyssey, the Iliad,
1: yeah. and such. No, but they have, like, a lot of adventures and misadventures by themselves yes. true, true. as well, right? Yeah. But it's interesting because it's when they start interacting with men or, like, having to do stuff, you know, that that are for a particular objective. And, and we'll talk about, like, what are the different motifs that usually happen in epics. Ooh. That's when you kind of see, like, the weird and wacky I'm side so excited. Of, of, of these gods and demigods. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about first, like just the recap, and mm-hmm. we're not gonna go full Panitikan 101. Pan- Panitikan! Panitikan is literature yes. <laughs> in Tagalog.
0: Because the root is titik, which is letters. Yes. Panitikan.
1: Yes. Nice. So.
0: I haven't heard that word in literally 20 I know, plus right?
1: Years. Because I was like going back and I remembered like there were there were like these very specific characteristics of epics right like especially when you study like the Iliad, etc., mm-hmm. or the Odyssey, yes. you kind of have, like, a specific set of characteristics. Like I think there are ten things. Yeah, like, the archetypes. It's No, it starts in Medias Res, which means oh, yes. in, the middle in the middle of, of off, yeah, It yeah. features gods and goddesses. There's a
0: hero's journey. There's a hero's
1: journey. There's, like, yeah, so uh, they go on a quest for something. Mm-hmm. In particular, they talk about values and stuff like that. And Filipino folkloric epics share some of those characteristics and not all. So for example, a lot of Filipino epics d- start at the very beginning. Yes. So just to kind of give the backdrop for this, right? A lot of the epic poetry that we kind of have been able to preserve is rooted from oral tradition. Yes. Right? So oral literature. And the way to think about it is, it's how these different tribes and cultures around the different islands you know, found a way to preserve the values yes. that they had, their yeah. pride in their culture, yeah. etc. So let's talk about how epics were used, like when when were they recited, etc. Mm. Right? Are so, they told when a man is coming of age? So <laughs> it's it's funny because at the root of it, it's about entertainment. Right, Like it's either you're entertaining to motivate people to do something Mm -hmm. or you're entertaining to kind of like celebrate celebrate something. something. So for example, there's the Hudhud ni Aliguyon, which is one of the other epics in the Philippines. It's a particular epic that is sung during Harvest. Oh, so it is like recounted during the harvest season. Is it because harvesting is so boring
0: and, and <laughs> monotonous? No, I like this because in in when I was traveling in Tampa mm, before, mm. and there's a a cigar plant, and apparently, a lot of people were just like rolling tobacco leaves monotonously, and mm. it's one person's job to read. Yeah to To everyone, like either from a novel mm. and then the workers would request something. It's like podcasts. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, <laughs> it's like, like us. <laughs> it's like me when I clean the house. I have to listen to a podcast. So they're usually sung during... Oh, that's great. That's like, like so long. Folk festivals or recreational gatherings. Sometimes weddings, Oopsie. baptisms, mm-hmm. wakes, mm-hmm. or like to your point, rites of prestige. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you enter manhood or when you become a warrior... And even during like peace agreements and stuff like that. Oh, of set the mood. For yeah, peace and I time. think <laughs> I think the ni aliguyon I think is very interesting because it actually has that theme of like peace, like mutual respect amongst warriors, mm-hmm. and therefore peace. Nice. So that's interesting. And there's right. so their song primarily as entertainment, but sometimes it's also so there's um in a lot of like warring tribes. They also do it as a way to motivate their warriors before mm. war. So you kind of like have that feeling of Epicness. we are strong warriors. they imbibing
0: the spirit. There of are, are gods. Hero.
1: there are gods and heroes in our blood. And this is these are the types of people that we want to emulate. So for example, among the Ifugao people, the hood hood songs, they sing it sometimes during the death of a prominent person mm. or when they dig... Remember, we talked about it in our death rituals episode. When they dig the ancestral bones mm-hmm. to be blessed, they they also have particular hood hoods for that. Oh. And it's interesting because in some of the epics, there are... There's a story about like reincarnation
0: oh. and bringing
1: someone back to life.
0: You know what it is? It's like you. It's like when we, you have a reading for different parts of you know. There's a in the Bible. There's like mm-hmm. readings for weddings. There's readings for death. There's readings for birth and baptism and things because of the type of things that you want to imbibe in that particular yeah. ceremony.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Actually, and and you know the The characteristic of a lot of epic stories is they're usually very long, mm-hmm. right? And if you eventually read enough of the epics, you'll realize that it's kind of like this multi-generational saga sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you talk about the parents, their origin, and then the progeny, and what yeah. do they do, etc. And because these epics are so long, obviously, they have to follow certain characteristics. Yes. So... For example, a lot of them rhyme so that they're easy to oh. remember. Also, a lot of the stories exist in chunks. So kind of like chapters. Yes. yes. and the chap- Or episodes. <laughs> or episodes. And a lot of them have to be major, a bit standalone.
0: Yeah, like there's a, a beginning, a middle, and end. So and- that the
1: singer... Or singers can take a break.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot Stay of times... Stay to be continued.
1: <laughs> for part two. Go, so <laughs> Because a lot of times they sing it, let's say, over like a three to five day period. And so the wow. singer will need time to kind of... Drink
0: water. Drink
1: water <laughs> and eat. When we talk about another epic in a future episode, there was also like this adventure of like the... The author who was able to kind of like transcribe it, mm-hmm. because he had to go through like different people to like beg them to tell oh, him the story. Oh, that's so nice. Because they did not everyone knows the full epic. Yeah. Only they because have to they learn it. Were, they weren't there for all the episodes. They have to learn it from like this master storyteller, yeah. and they pass it along. So in some. That's like what we are doing. <laughs> so in some tribes, yeah, it's true. So in some tribes they have a group of singers, but they don't all know the song the, the full song. So they have a main singer, a main storyteller, and then because all of it is repetitive, yeah. And there are... Que- so that's why repetition is so important. Yeah. Right? And it's said in a poetic way. So it yeah. rhymes and it's yeah. rhythmic and there are sections. Mm-hmm. So that there are verbal cues for the rest of the oh. singers. And then they're like, okay, I remember this part now. And then they can jump yeah, in yeah, 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 and yeah. help the meme. So that's how, you know, the epics were performed, basically. There are some people who I say... I always wondered,
0: when I was a kid, I was like,
1: why does this friggin'
0: like Ibong Adarna have to be a poem?
1: Yeah, and it's like so annoying. I don't and understand. it's like repeats on and on. Like when there's a quest like he did it for seven days and seven nights, or like he went once and he went twice and on the third day yeah, it yeah, happened. Yeah. Or
0: like one person goes, he fails, the second person goes, he fails, and then the third person came and then he did it. He he figured yeah. it out.
1: So there's that element of repetition that kind of helps reinforce an idea, mm-hmm. but also it helps like mnemonically. Yeah. Um, for the people who are trying to that. preserve the tradition. Sadly, of course a lot of of this kind of like you know a lot of it didn't survive um, Mm -hmm. in its full form Mm -hmm. and if you look at if you map out across Luzon Visayas and Mindanao a lot of the central a lot of the Visayas and Mindanao epics to be fair have survived Mm -hmm. Uh, Mindanao epics have kind of evolved to take on a bit more of a Muslim yeah. influence. And there are very few Luzon epics. So most of the ones that have survived there are ones in the northern region, like Ilocos yeah. and Ifugao region, because obviously they were far from, to. you know, the, the plains. <laughs> conquistadors <laughs> 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 who came and, you know, obviously. Tamped down a lot of the local uh, traditions. So so that's why I was looking and looking for like is there a Tagalog or Kapampangan epic that may have survived and honestly unless you can ibuhadarna yeah not really not a lot of the like pre-colonial epics yeah. as far as we know. I was going to I was I was going to think I was thinking of something. Ah, I read somewhere and I'm not sure if it I'm I'm not sure exactly if it applies to the Philippines but in some African traditions, the, the purpose of the epic is also to recount the deeds of prominent members in the community while yes. they're living. Yes. So think of the witcher and yeah. the bard. Yeah. yeah there yeah. would be a person
0: yeah.
1: in, in the African tribe who was a shield-bearer but also a bard. And he would be the shield bearer with the warrior while he's fighting. Yeah. And then his job was, after that, he would then compose a song and then yeah, tell no, the D's to the community that, after they won.
0: I was just listening to a podcast about this the other day, and there is it still exists today. And there is this guy who is still very famous about it. And he used to, he still sings about modern life, mm. like about like he studied and he was five or fifth or fourth fifth or whatever fourth or fifth children blah 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 he studied and he did this and this and this and this but they all do it from memory and mm. then this particular guy has like a super memory so he gets invited everywhere and this was like before tape recorders were invented and mm. things like that so I think I think that's great and I think it's cool but I also think it's motivation for a lot of people to do great acts.
1: Yeah and, yeah. and that's why a lot almost all the epics really centered around this particular hero Mm -hmm. and for better or worse it was always a man (laughs) i mean i i'm sure feminists have something to say about that but for better or worse it was always a man and there were very common characteristics across the different epic heroes Mm -hmm. so for example Almost all of them were born out of weird or unusual circumstances. A lot of them kind of magically become adults. Like, eh. they, it, they don't go through that awkward teenage or puberty years. Because it's is a like, tough time. <laughs> they're like, they're babies and then they're grown adults. Dashing young, muscular men. Obviously, a lot of them are handsome. Also but.
0: aspirational. <laughs>
1: And a lot of times, either they are demigods or gods themselves or they have magic powers or ma- ha- or work with magic creatures. Like that
0: mummy who was stolen. He was the son of a, a god, a demigod. Yeah. Because
1: I think if you want to like make someone a hero, you create this myth or the story of them having like, you know.
0: A chosen um, one thing. A, yeah,
1: Otherworldly, They're of being of otherworldly or godly descent, right? And obviously, all of them have happy endings, more or less. And the interesting thing is, there's always like a quest. Yes. Like there's something that he has to do. And they mostly fall in two categories. Mm. So, majority of it is like looking for a wife. What? (laughs) What? A lot of it is a quest to look for a wife.
0: (laughs) It's so hard to date. (laughs) <laughs> in
1: pre-colonial philippines you have to be of godly descent <laughs> we should name we should name a dating app after one of these epic heroes so hard it's so hard oh my god so <laughs> a lot of it is like the quest for the wife and what are the adventures that he has to take on
0: to find a wife or there's a wife that he has to win over yeah yeah, yeah. okay, okay.
1: Not like willy-nilly. There's usually like one super beautiful maiden from somewhere and he has to win her over. There's one in one of the three brothers of Panay. I think it's Labodon or something. One of his main quests is like getting a wife in each of the different realms. What? In heaven, earth, and the underworld. And I'm like, you're so greedy. (laughs) Why okay, can't you settle? That's no, not or just one. Cool, so that's cool. that's objective one look mm. for a wife. Okay. Objective two is like for honor. Okay. So either you're defending your territory, you're looking for, for you're fighting for someone, you're avenging someone, mm. or something. We're trying to prove yourself. So, mm. a tale of valor and like a romance tale, something like that. The story <laughs> we're going to cover today Yay! actually has both elements. Ooh. So, both like a quest for revenge but mm. also a quest for love and a weird little section that involves a very strange bath a bath like a
0: like witcher
1: like he needs a lot of good shampoo really <laughs> just, uh, i think uh, I vaguely remember this portion because okay. it's really weird section and, and i remember someone when someone has a
0: hair fetish when
1: i first read it i was like this is just it's the thing that stuck with me
0: from this story. For me, it's the other thing, but okay.
1: <laughs> so this is going to be about Biagni Langang, Yay! or the birth, the birth. of Lam- Lamang. Mm-hmm. And it's a story from the people of Ilocos, the Ilocano region. And it's one of the northernmost provinces um, mm-hmm. in the Philippines. They say that it's already kind of like a Christianized version oh. of the story because you have a bit of like sacraments of marriage and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's supposedly one of the oldest written epics that okay. we have. And there's a bit of debate as to who wrote it down. Mm-hmm. So there's this really well-known kind of poet slash, slash preacher mm-hmm. from Ilocos called Pedro Bocanig, Spanish guy. And no, he's a Filipino poet. Oh, okay, And he was blind since birth. And there's this whole kind of like He
0: had an epic life too. He
1: had a very interesting <laughs> life, which we can talk about separately. And he he is sometimes considered to be the actual author of of Biangy which means he was the one who transcribed it, wrote mm-hmm. it down, etc. But there's some debate amongst historians about who really did that. That's not our um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um main not point for the academic scholars, yes. <laughs> so regardless of who did it I'm gonna recount to you the version that I I saw in the outline of Filipino mythology by F. Landa Hokano. F. He Landa
0: Hokano. He is
1: considered like one of the pioneers of like being able to really record and transcribe mm-hmm. stories from around the Philippines. So he would go to the different provinces. Mm-hmm. And talk to the elders of the communities. Kind of transcribe mm-hmm. and record some of these. Like He was the one who got the the most complete recording of the Hinilawod. Which is the mm-hmm. longest epic yeah. in, in the Philippines. By, as I said, going to the different people in the tribe. And kind of tracing who would have the full story. Which
0: part of the story. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I say that because there probably are going to be different versions. But this mm-hmm. is the version that I have um, from the book. Mm-hmm. So... I'll take you through the journey. How was he born? Mm -hmm. How did he like avenge his father? Mm -hmm. And how did he find his wife and live and die and then live happily ever after? Mm -hmm. So, spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, there was a lush valley called Malbuan along the bank of... Nagilan River, so it's in La Union, mm-hmm. and there was a guy named. I got,
0: I got a visual. There's
1: surfing. Yeah. There's fish. <laughs> La Union is like this really...
0: really great surfing area where you can drive from Manila.
1: It's not the only thing La Union is known for, but yeah, yeah. it's a re- there's a really great co- coastline in one of the provinces, and it's a wonderful surfing spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, in La Union, there was a couple called Juan Panganiban mm-hmm. and Namongan. And they were the richest people in the whole countryside.
0: Okay. In okay? <laughs> the whole country.
1: The whole countryside of La Union. Mm. Pero, it, but it said that despite their wealth, they were still very, you know, kind, humble, accommodating, etc. Were they also childless? A few months after their marriage, Namongan got pregnant. Okay. And she had, like, the most intense cravings. So I love this crazy. <laughs> she, she. It's specifically Were they Cheetos the and chicken karaage? I'll tell Marines, you. Because that you.
0: was my craving.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when she was pregnant, she asked her husband to look for ripe tamarinds. Okay, fair. Guavas. Yes. Oranges. Yes. Coconuts.
0: You know what? She had a vitamin C deficiency. <laughs> and,
1: and, and, it, and many other fruits which were out of season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So she's really giving Juan a hard time. Oh, no. And then for food, she also insisted that Juan gather river snails for her.
0: That is so specific. Like,
1: he he was really like...
0: <laughs> is that a delicacy? I've never had river okay.
1: snails. And then on the seventh month of her pregnancy, Namongan finally felt like something moving in her belly. And yeah. so she 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 suddenly had a feeling like, okay, I'm about to give birth. Seven months is too Seven early. Lamaang was very excited. Mm-hmm. So she had her husband prepare the bamboo bed or mm-hmm. what they call the balita. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, you need like really good bamboo, I guess, because Juan set out for Mount Kaparian mm-hmm. to cut some bamboos. And this is where you realize that Juan had some kind of supernatural abilities like as psychic. well, or like connection oh, here, with the yeah. god. Because so he reached the foot of the mountains, and then he saw like the perfect kind of bamboo that he was looking for. So they're tall green bamboos. He it said here that he circled the clump several times, and he asked permission from the spirits oh, yes, of the should. hillsides yes. allow him to cut the bamboo to make a balitang for his wife. Then he called upon the north wind to help. Help so he didn't it even cut it himself. So the wind helped him. It, it says here, it tore the clouds for rain and blew the bamboo trees.
0: Whoa. I guess because
1: you shouldn't use force on nature or something? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Or like if it was meant to
0: be given to me as a gift, yeah, because it, it shouldn't be by my hands.
1: It's Yeah, because it says here, the rain loosened the earth and the bamboos fell. So ah. the bamboos weren't even cut off. Oh. I'm assuming that maybe there's, yeah, you're right. There must be some significance of like, you're doing it without damaging nature. It's
0: kind of like these people who only the, like the extreme version of veganism which like fruitarians. fruitarians. Which they will only eat if it fell off the tree. Yeah.
1: Because it makes this whole piece about it being like tall and green so it's still very young bamboo but mm-hmm. he wants it. Mm-hmm. And maybe other people would have to wait for the bamboo to get be old and fall off naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the rain loosened the earth and the bamboos fell. So Juan cleaned them and again he commanded the wind. Mm-hmm. So like the wind just follows him to carry them to Mabuan where they live <laughs> they, flew. they flew yeah so the wind blew the bamboo poles and these flew through the air and then landed in orderly piles in front of his house that's so
0: cool <laughs> also maybe he had telekinesis so you don't know
1: that's true So, he arrived home and then he, then, you know, gathered everything that's needed for the delivery. And it's interesting because it talks about a bit of the practice of of childbirth, Did he get naked and, like, start fighting? Unfortunately, it didn't talk about... The naked fighting? In (laughs) our third episode, which is the Tianak episode, Mm -hmm. we actually talk about what... Eat me, baby, one more time. (laughs) Eat me, baby, one more time. We talk about what dads had to do in order to prevent the creation of Tianak. Give it a listen if you want to find out. So he constructed the bed he had to gather like sweet smelling shrubs he secured a jar for rice wine and then he built a stove and then after that he got a pot and it's supposed to be a pot where you put the kadkadua.
0: what's that
1: which is the placenta yeah of the newborn child yeah. <laughs> now unfortunately during this time the Tattooed Igorots mm-hmm. came and attacked their village. Oh. So the Igorots are the from the mountain province. province. You know, the Tattooed Igorots, which means it's a warring tribe, mm-hmm. right? So the hill people attacked and killed all the men. <gasps> and then they snatched all the women. <gasps> and so when the news like reached Juan, he was like, you know. Oh, so they were
0: away from their village. Huh? They were away from their village. Yeah. Okay. And
1: so he was like I know that my wife's about to deliver but I have to go and like That's fight so off these tough. people. So he pursued the Highlanders even to the deepest parts of the mountains. Now unfortunately this was the last time mm-hmm. anyone ever saw him.
0: As a sidebar this is how I think people are hypothesizing it's hip- Hispanized because they're painting the mountain province people as the bad
1: guys. That's true probably. And tattoos
0: as bad things.
1: Probably. Yeah. So back Back to Malbuan, mm-hmm. where Namongan is in the midst of labor. She She's is in by herself. severe pain, and then all the midwives in the village were called to assist. Okay. And th- there's this character. It's called Old Marcos. Okay. The, there's just, I guess it's an elder. Okay. From Ilocos, so Marcos. Marcos. Marcos was,
0: is the, also the same name of the dictator, yeah. who's also from from uh, Ilocos, Ilocos region.
1: So it's his ancestor. So, old Marcos was there. There was a diver named Alisto, and then a rich man named Pasho. And they were all there. I'm not sure why. they were there like the three, birth. <laughs> the, the, the three men. They're <laughs> the three wise men. The three
0: wise men. A diver, a rich person, and a dictator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Namongan was like in severe pain. She was moaning from pain. And she had such a hard time giving birth. And everyone was so worried for her. And then, at last... They called like an old lady, an old woman to come and and help her out. And even though she looked very weak, she was actually able to help Namongan deliver successfully. Was he...
0: Okay, this is always in the epics. Was he birthed in a different way, i.e. upside down, inside his placenta? So
1: it didn't say how he was born exactly. So Mm. he was delivered... After the old lady came, he was finally delivered successfully. Upon seeing the light of the world, the baby spoke. What? And so everyone was a witness to it. And they were like so shocked. Like, why is this kid speaking? What did he say? And then the first thing he said was like, my name is Lamang.
0: I remember I this. I want you guys <laughs> to
1: call me Lamang. And this is the Catholic imp- influence. influence. This is how he wanted to be baptized.
0: Ah. Supposedly. Mm-hmm.
1: And so he... And this is so weird, he's such a bossy baby mm-hmm. because he told his mother he wanted to have a particular person, this old man named Giban, to mm-hmm. become his sponsor in his baptism. Mm-hmm. So he became baptized, and then old, old man Giban became his godfather. Okay, such a bossy baby. <laughs> and then when he was a few months old, he began looking for his father already. So after a few months, he was like a man what? already. That's so weird. Yeah. Maybe he was like
0: in Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was like a vampire, so he grew really fast. And when he Renesme. Came on, <laughs> Renesme, which is the
1: stupidest name. I hate that name. Stupidest it's name. So, it's so like you didn't even try. Combo
0: <laughs> names are so Some combo names are good, right? But Renesme is the stupidest name ever. Okay. Alright. Okay. So Lamang was a vampire, and then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when he was a few months old, he started like asking his mom, like, "Hey, where's my father? Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen him for the past few months." And obviously, Namangan was very hesitant. He didn't mm-hmm. want to tell Lamang what happened, but you know, Ang kept asking, mm-hmm. like, "Where is he? I want to meet him, etc." So Namuongan finally told Lam about what happened. He said, "You know, there were tattooed Igorots who invaded us, and so your father went to look for them." And so Lavang was like very angry and he was like, mm. I'm going to avenge him.
0: Okay. he is a
1: few months says old. Says the baby. <laughs> so by the time he was nine months old, it's said that he already possessed the strength of a grown man.
0: Was he little? Or was no, he big also? he
1: was like a man already. So his arms were full and sinewy. You know what? He
0: must have had like really bad stretch marks. Because
1: he grew up. Exactly so <laughs> right. How does your skin adjust to that fact? <laughs> So, he decided he was going to avenge his father. So, one day, he bid his mother goodbye. So, he told her he was going to look for his father's body. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, his mom didn't want him to go. But he was like, no, no, no. I have to go. So, this is the part that you said you remembered. Yes. So, he had to take a few things with him. Yes. Right? And and this is what he had in his backpack. backpack. <laughs> <laughs> he took with him a magic stone from the banana stalk. Okay. So, apparently, there was a banana and then in the middle of the stock, there was a stone. So, he mm-hmm. took that. A wild cat.
0: Uh-huh.
1: A big bird mm-hmm. called singing bird. So, a separate one. Mm-hmm. Called laulawigan. Laulawigan. And a civet cat called the musang. Yes. The civet cat is the one that, that... poops
0: the coffee beans. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, there are certain areas... Maybe he wanted coffee. In <laughs> in the Philippines, yeah. I guess. Palawan.
0: In Indonesia, they also have it. So
1: there's a civet cat. They feed this cat coffee coffee beans beans, and then they poop out. Fermented?
0: They're slightly fermented. Is it
1: fermented? I think
0: so, the poop ferments it. Yeah,
1: so anyway, (laughs) they make coffee out of that. We had that
0: in Indonesia, remember? We had it in
1: Bali. And I was just like, what am I supposed to be tasting? I was, I'm i not a very sophisticated Oop. coffee drinker, I guess. But it I tasted like, very
0: acidic, now. I remember. It was
1: very acidic. I didn't it was very enjoy acidic. it.
0: But it, it, in the Philippines, one little espresso cup is like 150 pesos, which is like $4. Which is expensive for a shot of espresso in the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. Civic cast.
1: So he wanted coffee. <laughs> Maybe. He was like, I need like a filter.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. A poop filter.
1: Okay, so... He finally started going on his big journey. Now, this magic stone was given to him by a centipede. What? Yeah, but it doesn't say what, how did he, why did I he get gonna it? I was going to say it's like how very Harry Potter, it? but okay. It's cute, right? <laughs> anyway, is it, is it like Harry Potter? Or is it like Alice in Wonderland? It is it's kind like of Like the Alice. caterpillar?
0: He was tripping out. <laughs> a baby tripping.
1: <laughs> He's nine months old. So... He uses the magic stone and actually this is what allows him to travel the long distance. It's like from a teleportation.
0: Stone. La Unión
1: to to the mountain. Province. It's pretty far. If
0: you drive it, because it's like has, six hours.
1: Yeah, because he has to go through plains and mountains. But apparently, he was able to do this very easily. And he even rode on the mountain wind Ooh. to get to, to get to the place. So so
0: hard to get there. He
1: traveled and it, and he finally arrived in like a lush valley. And then he rested. He ate some food and then he slept. And then while he was sleeping, in his dream, he saw the tattooed igorots dancing around the head of his father. Oh, no. So he was so, like, anguished about this. He woke up, and then he was like, I'm gonna go. And so he came into a village near this place called Mamadili and Mm -hmm. Dagman.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's where he encountered the igorots. (sighs) And these were the exact same ones that he saw in In his his dream. dream. So... So when he was entering their village, he saw that near the gate of the village, the head of his dad was stuck on a what? bamboo pole or a mm-hmm. And so it was there for display. It's very and, Game
0: of Thrones.
1: And it's like, it actually co—it actually is reflective, to be honest, of the headhunting yeah. practices of certain yes. tribes in yeah. the mountain province. So. When he saw that, he, he asked, like, the the tattooed Igorots, like, why would you do that? And then they were just, you know, they were jeering, they were boasting, they were like, you should just go home. If not, you're going to suffer the same fate as your dad. And so he was so angry, he was like, I'm going to fight all of you. And then apparently... You're a baby! <laughs> you're nine months old! You're baby, you're tripping out, you got a chicken and a poop cat. So he gave... <laughs> This is a this is a common <laughs> Oh my god. Sorry. Okay. This is a common thing amongst like heroes. You have like a war cry. Mm-hmm. So apparently he gave his big war cry and it was heard by all the villagers. What did he from- say? He just, like, you know, he's just like, I'm gonna fight you. And then he gave, like, a squirk right. They listed, <laughs> and you can imagine how this is sung, right? But, mm-hmm. like, they listed all of the villages that heard his guy cry. Oh. So, Daradad, Pandang, Nueva, Dagodog, Tapaan, Mamukan, Kawayan, Amangabon. That's so, nice. They listed the different um, provinces that... But also, that
0: that that's really him. cool for geography if you're trying to remember the village's name. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, eventually the fighters, like, all came out and, and to to kind of, like, fight with him. Mm-hmm. So, they went into an open plain. So, he went, Lam'ang went to the open plain and waited for his father's killers, right? So, they came rushing at him. They had their spears. And, so, this is the funny thing because you know that they're, like, really strong and all, but a lot of them, like, are only able to do stuff because of magical
0: oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. tools that
1: they have. So he invoked the power of his magic stone Uh to protect him. Like, darn. And so, when he called in the power of the magic stone, all of the spears, despite like falling on him, because they're like all of these warriors coming with their spears, none of them hurt him.
0: Oh, like Achilles.
1: Yeah. And so, they were all throwing their spears at him until eventually they all ran out of spears to throw.
0: That's true. It's and true.
1: then, when eventually they ran off spears, he was like, okay, it's my turn. And then he took his bolo, and then. It is,
0: it's is like a machete.
1: Yeah. And he didn't even fight them. He, he, he thrust it toward the earth. Yeah. And then, when he did that, the wind suddenly came. And when the wind came, it carried him on its back. And so, with his double edged bolo, so he had different, two different bolos. One is a very long bolo. That he stuck on the ground. Then when the wind came to fetch him, he got his double-edged bolo. And then he started like hacking at whatever And it said like they fell like banana stalks. Nice. A lot of bananas in the
0: This <laughs> in is the an motif. action sequence I can get behind.
1: <laughs> so he was able to kill all of his adversaries, but he spared one. And he left one. Because he wanted to keep him to keep he wanted to keep him alive for fun. For fun. So he he tore the the prisoner's hair, pulled his teeth, and plucked his eyes out. Then he sent this igorot back as a warning to the others. Meh. And then after that he went home. So that's the first part, right? Okay, He the avenged first part his ahead. father, he was successful, he left the guy's head as a warning, and then he went home. Mm-hmm. Now we get to the weird part of the sequence where i was just like
0: what is the purpose of this
1: <laughs> he needs soap and shampoo so okay ew he doesn't shower so no no no. he he has to shower off all of the blood and dirt okay, okay that okay. he gathered right so can i have a blanket i like this because it's like i feel like i'm with the fireside. yeah and
0: you're telling me a story this is our version of and then, campfire story. and then i'm hi campfire stories but this is cozy and i'm putting my blanket on
1: i have my little whale shark <laughs> i'm all cozy okay okay so when he got home he and and like honestly like the sheer gull of this man he summoned all the girls in the village to accompany him in the river where he would take a bath why and i'm like wh- why did the girls agree like why you just, imagine if you're a girl in that village and then the, a guy's like, hey. He's like Gaston. I'm going to take a bath. Come with me. And like, He's
0: like Gaston.
1: I'd be like, why, why would I do that?
0: <laughs> He's like Gaston. They wanna. He, show, he wants to show all his muscles and his uh, <laughs> uh, hair.
1: <laughs> so he sounded a gong to call all the girls. And the girls came. Yeah. So he went to the river. And, and of course, he's stinky. He's disgusting. Because oh, he's yeah. covered with blood. okay. He's covered with dirt. So, he told them to remove all the dirt and blood from his back. You know, all you of don't blood. need In- all the
0: girls for that. You need one person. Baby like, dude.
1: Because he's nine months old, he's never learned how to take a bath himself. Oh, no. Maybe. <laughs> That's true. I mean, my
0: daughter is two and a half and she still doesn't know how to bathe herself.
1: So the girls agreed, and they first cleaned the palay in the greenery or the so you had stalks, rice stalks basically. Yeah. They cleaned the rice stalks in the greenery so that they could use the remaining straw, and that's what they used to wash Lamang's hair. Ew. So that's how dirty Lamang Ew. was. So when they arrived at the river, eventually after you know they used the straw to wash his hair. I'm not sure how you would use straw. Scrubby scrub? Yeah, to scrub. Yeah, they didn't have loofahs. Mm-hmm. So after that, they burned the straw. And for some reason, like Lam Ang and his dad could just really call the wind upon mm. the wind to, like, you know,
0: help them blow dry. Help them with everything.
1: <laughs> no, he called upon the wind to fan the flames. Okay. And then the bonfire was so big that the residents of San Juan and Baknotan ran to the river to find out what happened. They're like, why? Is there a, a fire? There one a forest fire. fire? And then they saw that it was just Ang taking a bath. And they were like, ah, that's it. Okay. And then they went home. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. And then eventually... What is the social
0: purpose of this? I,
1: I think... So some people theorize that this is just like comedic relief.
0: Mm, this okay. is the
1: comedic relief part of the story. Which, mm. okay, fine. Maybe. The beheading
0: was stressful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so... Eventually, you know, he didn't have need for the fire anymore, so he called upon a ram to put out the fire, and then he gathered the ashes. And, okay, sorry. So he had to burn straw to get ashes, and that's what he used to wash his okay, hair. Okay, that makes
0: sense because that's how you used to make
1: soap. Yeah, yeah. You get ashes, yeah. and then
0: you mix it with animal fat. Yes. And then that's soap. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: he gathered the ashes and then he went into the middle of the river and washed his hair. That makes sense. And there's so much dirt and there's so much ashes that the fish in the river were poisoned and they all died and floated downstream.
0: I'm guessing soap is also not good for fish.
1: And the shrimps and the eels and other freshwater animals had to go ashore because they couldn't survive. In the river You're because so of Lamang. Smelly. So this was your pre colonial, you know, environmental <laughs> disaster. Lam'ang, what the heck?
0: Oh my god, that's so smelly. See I told you boys are smelly. Sorry. <laughs> boys in general and this epic proves it that like boys are smelly.
1: All boys. All boys. All boys everywhere.
0: Exactly. Particularly Filipino.
1: Filipino. Because that's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> They are! Boys are smelly! <laughs> they can't help it. They're just smelly. <laughs> After washing his hair clean, he dived into the deepest part of the stream and fought the crocodiles. Just for fun. Okay. <laughs> and then, because, you know, they were terrorizing the river or something. And I guess he was like, oh, I'm clean now. Now I can fight other things. Okay. So he went to the bottom of the river and then he killed them. And then he carried them on his back as he swam back to the bank. Okay. And then the women were still there for some reason. They had nothing else to do. There's no TV. They were still there. And the person and, who was telling
0: the epic hadn't been born and yet. And
1: obviously, they were worried when he, like, suddenly disappeared from the surface. You were like, what happened to him? Mm-hmm. The river was so black, they couldn't see where he was and what all... And, and all of that. So eventually when he, you know, got up out of the water and they saw he was okay, they cheered. So he had like a whole cheerleading squad of women. God. All the women in the village. Jesus. And the river, which was already dirty. dirty enough to poison the fishes, turned red with the blood of the crocodiles. I wonder if there was Lamacchio. an actual
0: environmental thing that happened. And Maybe. they're using the epic. Kinda of like like when the Nile turned red, there was an actual environmental thing that Or happened. the plagues,
1: right? That's yeah, how yeah, they yeah. explained. The, the, was the plagues was how they
0: explained it. Yeah.
1: When he reached the shore, he threw like the crocodile carcasses at the women. Mm. And then he was Yeah, like, why? He, he told the girls, you should remove all of the teeth of the crocodile and use it for charms against danger. Okay. And that's why there are amulets and necklaces with crocodile teeth. Okay. As and then mm. after that, finally the women were like, Oh, maybe we should go <laughs> So they went home.
0: Cause this, because it's is not the, the fun hangout time that we thought we would have. Yeah, so
1: that's the whole bath interlude of the story. It has, like, no bearing really on, no, as no,
0: far no. as I know, it's, on, it's,
1: it's, it's important.
0: It's important and it it's establishes the, value the fact of that good heroes are smelly and, and gross. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so now we get into the Quest for love. Okay. Or a quest for a wife. And this okay. is like the... The third act. The third act of the story. <laughs> the bath is like one act. In its, <laughs> it's gross. No, the first act is when he was born. Mm-hmm. The second is when he avenged his father. Okay. There's like a intermission number, which is the bath. Uh-huh. And then now we get into the quest for the wife.
0: I almost imagine if there's like a staging portion. If you, if one would stage this. Like yeah. Harry Potter, where there's like two days. Yeah. when you yeah. stage the... The, the, the new play. And then this is like the commercial portion.
1: <laughs> there was a movie. They made a movie yes, yes. in... Little Lapid? 2018? 20... Eight...
0: No, no. Not little Lapid.
1: 2018, there's a movie, I think, it was it a GMA movie? It was supposed to be a TV series and then they made it into a movie with like Rocco Nasino
0: I no and idea. Rochelle
1: Panganiban.
0: Well, Juan Panganiban is the dad. So, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. So, now that he's rested, he is... Clean. Show- she- showered and bathed. Killed the crocodiles. <laughs> he he then put on his best clothes. Mm-hmm. His most precious clothes. He's and- a baby. He doesn't have clothes. <laughs> he's a grown man. Okay. He's a nine-month-old man.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: well, when he fought the, the Ilocanos... He's, like a in a huh? <laughs> he's wearing a onesie. He's wearing a onesie. So, he... And then he gathered his pets. Mm-hmm. So, he brought his white rooster a hen with yellowish-orange legs, and a dog with colored hair around the neck.
0: Is this the point where he rides the rooster? Let's see. Okay.
1: So, he tied his pets with nine chains of fine gold. Mm. And then his mom... His mom's like, Hey, you just got back. (laughs) Namongan was like... Also, you're (laughs) a (laughs) baby. Namongan was like, Where are you going? And then the guy... (laughs) the guy (laughs) told his mom oh i'm going to i'm going to
0: find a wife
1: court inez canoyan like he already had i don't know why he already had this idea of like who he wanted to court so he wanted to court this beautiful girl Mm -hmm. in kalanatia named inez Mm canoyan now his mom when she heard that she tried to discourage him and mm. she was like, "Why don't you just choose one of the girls from All the village? All of the women who came—they helped you take a bath,
0: and they they watched you be dirty." I have no love for this dude, by the <laughs> way. I'm just saying.
1: However, instead of him, answering his pets, <laughs> his pets <laughs> answered his mom, and they were like, "No, no, no! Inez Ganoyan is the best girl for our master." What? And they were also so- your animals are talking. <laughs> And they were sure that Lam Ang would be able to win her over and to win her hand. Mm-hmm. So despite he has her, no game, he's a baby. I have no idea. <laughs> so, despite her doubts, Nabongan eventually allowed Lam Ang to to go. Right, mm-hmm. so she gave her blessing for his trip. So I like that. I like that.
0: Despite this being a thing. He still asks his mama for permission to do things.
1: mom. No, did he ask? I know, he didn't ask for permission. She was like, hey, where are you going? Like, he already dressed up. He was packed.
0: He packed his animals. (laughs)
1: She was just like, hey, where are you going? Why are you taking the talking chicken? (laughs) 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 So, so he went on his way. Now, on his way, he met a guy named Sumarang. Mm -hmm. And Sumarang was a huge and powerful man. And it said that his eyes were as big as plates.
0: Is he a giant?
1: <laughs> Maybe, yeah, mm. yeah, he was, he mm. was. So this this big band was returning from Kalanutian where he was trying to court the same girl, Inez, and he did not succeed. Right, mm. he was rejected by Inez. So when he heard that that was the reason that Lamang was going to Kalanutian, so mm. Marang was like, I don't think you should go because you know you might get rejected as well. Because I got plate eyes and I got rejected. And Lam Ang was like, no, no, no. I'm sure she's going to accept me. (laughs) And
0: And, the giant's like, you're a baby. And
1: then (laughs) then Sumarang, for some reason threatened. Like He was like, you shouldn't go. You shouldn't go. Pre-colonial toxic masculinity. Because he was like, if I can't have her, no no one can. can. (laughs) And then Sumarang got angry at him. And he shot Lam Ang at at the back with a poisoned arrow. Mm-hmm. But obviously lam sensed it, sensed the treasury and then he was able to evade it and he, Did caught, he use his
0: magic stone.
1: <laughs> it didn't say. He caught the arrow and then he returned it um to Samarang. And then again, he called the wind again and the was wind he just farting. The wind And
0: carried? then they're just saying he's calling the wind. <laughs>
1: I feel like it's kind of like, you know how in the Goblet of Fire, Harry like just achieved his one uh-huh. uh, his yeah. broom. Broom, yeah. He kind of like calls, because he, he doesn't have a backpack, I guess. Yeah. He called the wind to bring his spear. And I'm like, dude, why didn't you bring your spear? I know. So the wind, <laughs> the wind came carrying his spear. And with this weapon, he was able to kill Sumarang. Mm. And then the wind carried the man nine hills away. Okay, I don't know why that was needed, but anyway. So after he was able to vanquish Sumarang, he went back on his way, and then along the way, he met the enchantress Sarindan, mm-hmm. who asked him to like stay a while and chew Ooh,
0: like Circe.
1: and chew beetle with him with her, Ooh, and that was very that. very provocative because that's a very intimate experience. You only chew beetle like with someone who you're close with. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a very intimate Bonding. act.
0: My grandmother only used to chew betel nut with with her other grandmother friends. Yeah,
1: maybe we talk about what it is, right? Yeah, okay. So it is it's it's basically betel nut, yeah. right? And the certain tribes or like older people actually chew on this because it helps strengthen your teeth.
0: Yes, but it's also stimulant.
1: A stimulant for people,
0: you get lightly high.
1: Ah, interesting. Yeah.
0: And it makes your teeth reddish. Yeah, so it, but it's it, very make, good for it
1: gives like a very reddish stain on mm-hmm. your teeth. But it also actually is proven to strengthen it. Mm-hmm, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. In yeah, my, my grandmother lived up to 95 and had all
0: her teeth. Most wow. of her teeth. But she also... Always, in Patangas, they call it... Meat.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So, however... He kind of felt like this certain Dan lady is a bit of a shady person. And so he he didn't want to stop over and he was mm-hmm. like, "No, no, no, I'm going to go look for Ines." So, he finally arrived in mm-hmm. Kalanutian. and then he saw there was like a huge crowd of suitors in front of Ines, Ines's house. And there were so many of them that it was said that because they all carried their spears with them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's said that this. I was gonna say,
0: like, who is the guy in my head why I'm casting as, as Lamang?
1: Is it Gardo Versosa? Yes. <laughs> it has to be.
0: No, because he has to be, because Ilocanos are, are darker skinned. Where is Gardo
1: Versosa from? It would be funny with <laughs> if he was Ilocano. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So picture Gardo Versosa. Yes, yes, yes. Nine months old.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So young Gardo Versosa. <laughs> And then Inez would be... Do, do we have a characteristic of like what Inez looks she's like? She's just like the most beautiful lady. I'm thinking Alice Dixon or Chinchin Gutierrez.
1: I want it to be like a Morena.
0: Morena. B- Angel Aquino.
1: Angel Aquino. Who's that? Anjanette Abayan.
0: Anjanette Abayan. It was like half white.
1: Oh, she... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think.
0: Yeah. But she's pretty too. Okay. Venus Ra, but she's half Indian. Angel Aquino, I guess. Okay. Angel
1: Aquino. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I needed I
0: needed pegs in my head.
1: It's good. So yeah. so Lamang arrives. He sees all of the suitors. Their spears look like the bra- blades of grass because that's how thick it is. That's how many. Oh, that's a great suitors that's there a great are. And I was like, such, that is such a great metaphorical device. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so he needed to find a way to like stand get through out. the crowd, yeah. stand out, like get Ines' attention. So he walked near the yard and he asked his rooster to flap its wings. And Is it so, a giant rooster? No, it's just this, you know, his rooster. white rooster. Okay. <laughs> it didn't it the didn't, talking chicken? Yeah. <laughs> and then so the, the the rooster flapped its wings, and then the wind from its wings and was making a flapping, a flapping movement. Just so you guys know. Okay. Um, <laughs> the wind from the the wind from the wings. Toppled a small hut that was beside Ines's house. And it was then, the bathroom,
0: and there were different nice people. <laughs> the
1: outhouse, <laughs> and then when she heard the noise, the she went to the window to try to find out what was happening. And then Lamang's dog growled, and then the hut stood up again. <gasps> Magic! It got reassembled, uh-huh. and then Ines was like. Whoa, that's so cool. Very
0: useful for Legos.
1: And then she was like, this guy has powers and mm-hmm. I want him. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: everyone in the in the yard was like, oh my God, what's that? That's amazing. And then even Ines's mother went to the window when she heard that people were amazed. And so when they saw what Lam Ang has done, she told her daughter, like, go, 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 get that guy, go to that guy. So mm-hmm. Inez went down. It's just so... Let's call him confident. When Inez went down, he embraced Inez. I get on. In- 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 introduce yourself. I- <laughs> Feeling so close. When Inez went down to welcome him, he embraced her. And uh-huh. then all the other suitors were shocked. And obviously, they were jealous. But realizing that this guy is too powerful, we can't And him.
0: And he's got magic chickens. Exactly.
1: You <laughs> got a magic chicken. He's got a magic dog. Mm-hmm. He has a wind god friend. So they were like, ah. We can't beat this guy. And also so they, looks like
0: Garda Versosa.
1: And looks like Garda Versosa. So they just decided to leave. So Inez and Lamang went into the house and then they sat very specifically on a gilded chair by the Ooh. windows. So Inez's
0: S- parents are rich. I guess. Yeah,
1: so they're trying to show that this is a very rich family, right? So Inez's mother went to the kitchen and they cooked lunch and then she cooked food in a magic pot. Mm-hmm. And, and
0: it's called the air
1: fryer. <laughs> And she you know, she butchered a fat caponized rooster. Capon is fixing
0: the rooster, it means it's never bred
1: Ew. What does that does that make it taste? He's not a
0: stud, so it means he's not testosterone y, so maybe he's fatter.
1: Mm -hmm. like how you know tangent like Mm -hmm. how you know there's this like thing where you're eating crab Mm -hmm. and they tell you oh it's a girl crab there's a girl crab there's a boy crab and there's a gay crab yeah and you'll find out based on so if you turn a crab over Mm -hmm. this is important if you want to get really fatty crabs is why I'm explaining it to you (laughs) guys when you turn a crab over there's like what we call the matres the bottom and there's like a a shape Either like a, a uterus, U-shape yeah. or a V-shape, yes, or like a midway between a U and, and a, a v. V-shape, like yeah. a more tapered U. You're supposed to look for that tapered U. Mm. So a U-shape is, I think, a girl mm-hmm. crab. A V-shape is a boy crab. Now, the girl crab is fattier than the mm-hmm. boy crab, mm-hmm. but the gay crab is apparently the fattiest. Yes. Don't ask me why. I, I'm not a marine biologist. Yes. But that's what I know from my, my fam who loves eating crab. Yeah. So look for the gay crab.
0: I have... A, I have an, <laughs> this is a non-crab tangent. This is a turtle tangent. <laughs> you know how you can tell a boy turtle from a girl turtle? How? So the, the, in the bottom of their shells... The girl turtle has a flat belly. Mm. The boy turtle has like a curved in concave belly. Concave. So when he climbs on top of the girl turtle, he doesn't slip off.
1: Oh my God. It's like a little divot
0: so that when he's on top of her shell, he's got a little shelf to sort.
1: That is so functional. (laughs) That's so functional. Right? (laughs) It's the funnest. It's the funnest turtle fact I know. That is me. where were we the caponized okay. rooster. the caponized
0: rooster so yeah it might have, it might be it's cuz they don't yeah. have as much testosterone and you know yeah. and transitivity there's if it's a very testosterone y person they have they're more muscular than my you. guess
1: is that probably hen would be fattier mm. a rooster would be very big. muscly but
0: also a rooster is big
1: yeah and very muscly so mm. it's more meat but it's tough meat mm-hmm. so you'd want like similar to the gay crab yeah. type thing i'm sorry we call it gay crab let's that's what they call
0: it. It's non-PC, but okay.
1: <laughs> I guess the Caponized one is very... There's a lot of muscle, but it's soft muscle. Yeah. Because they're not... Let's ask my dad. Let's, let's check. <laughs> We're, before we pass along this I information. Know. Okay. So, when lunch was ready, and this is the sign that, you know, there's approval, Inez and Lama ate from the same plate. Ooh. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So... After the meal, Ines asked her mother to get some laughing nuts. What are from, laughing nuts? From the nut palm tree, ah. whose leaves smiled. Oh! And then, Lamang chewed these nuts with the betel leaves. Oh. And then... Inez's mother also gave ang tobacco leaves from Cagayan. K- so, mm. a lot of it was like this whole idea of there's an, an approval, we're mm-hmm. letting you partake of the things we have and mm-hmm. showing also the riches. Yes. Um, how wealthy the family of Inez was. So, after ang chewed the nuts and smoked the tobacco, Inez's mother was like, Oh, why are you here? <laughs> As if it's not... Obvious. And I don't know why, but Lamang didn't answer. His rooster answered for him. Because he was chewing and you shouldn't, you know, talk with your mouth full. Oh, man. So the rooster was the one who answered the mom. And it told her that, he, my master is here to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. And then... What the, if he was just
0: a ventriloquist?
1: That's true. But, <laughs> but why? What's the psychology behind having someone say it? Because so, he was like nine months old, he like yeah, he couldn't It's be, fun. It's he like he was like, like, a kid. He likes puppets. <laughs> so, <laughs> the mom said, "You know, I don't really have objections." Sorry, the
0: chickens now look like the chickens from Sesame Street.
1: <laughs> now, how about like Moana's chicken? Hey, 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 hey no, hey, yeah. hey, is very stupid, <laughs>
0: incompetent. <laughs> yes.
1: This is a very... Think of like Zazu, Zazu from okay. Lion King, yes. but in a rooster form. Yeah, Rowan
0: right? Atkinson. Okay. So
1: <laughs> so the old woman, the mom, said, I don't really have objections as long as you can give me a dowry that's equal to our wealth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they talked about how rich they were. So the stones in their yard were gold. What? The the girl Inez had like two boy toy balls mm-hmm. made of solid gold, and then they also owned like a wide track of land and many other. I wanna
0: I wanna do wanna go on a tangent here on dowries in Filipino culture versus mm. dowries in other cultures. Okay. So in Filipino culture, the dowry, the dow for a guy to be able to marry a girl, the guy has to do labors for the family. Yes, and also. Pay a dowry, like how many calves, you know, and chickens, and that's that's that happens in some like Arab cultures, I think. But like in Chinese culture, and we were mm. talking about Chinese New Year in our previous episode, in the tinghun, which is the engagement party, mm. it's the family of the girl
1: who has to get who has
0: to pay tons and tons of things in riches so that their daughter will be, will be accepted in the family. And I do believe that some some European cultures also do the same, like the mm. the 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 the. The daughter has like a chest of riches that the family starts building up when a daughter is born, because for her to get married, she has a dowry, to to give to the husband in exchange for the marriage. Mm-hmm. But I like how in in again it differs ac- across different cultures. But I really like that in Filipino cultures, in tribal cultures, that the girl is is valued, mm-hmm. and that you have to you have to like you army of men have to come here and you have to pay tons of money because our daughter is very precious versus the daughter being i'm going to bribe you please take this daughter off of my hands right so i don't that's my tangent that's my nice tangent
1: <laughs> no but that's nice it's nice right eventually we have to get into an episode on wedding practices and traditions mm-hmm. right of like both modern day superstitions yeah. and like old we lightly touched practices. on it in
0: our Earlier episode in
1: the ma- the first episode yeah. the Mananangal episode yes <laughs> we pretended it was about marriage customs but no
0: but we really wanted to talk really. about mananangals <laughs> okay.
1: so so yeah so that was the condition you have to give a dowry that's equal to our wealth and by the way we're very very
0: rich everything we own is gold
1: yeah that toilet so, is gold Lamaang said this is not going to be a problem he so then he gets into his whole spiel so okay. he's like my family owns a lot of fish ponds. My parents' wealth... Was, oh, yes,
0: because they were the richest family. They are. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was like,
1: we have we have nine times as much wealth as you guys have. Mm-hmm. And he said that he had two golden ships, which plied the seas between Luzon and China.
0: Ooh. So they were
1: trading with China. Mm-hmm. And that he had commercial trade with the chieftains of Puan Puan. okay. So he's like, I'm super, super rich. And I think he offered the, the boats to mm-hmm. the family as part of the dowry. So he said, yeah, I'm super rich. That's not going to be a problem. So eventually, his proposal was accepted. And so he went home and prepared for the wedding. Mm-hmm. But before he left, he told Ines that when I return, you're going to know I'm here because I'm going to fire two cannon shots from my ships. Okay. It's random. Okay, fine. And Where then, does she live? Kalanutian. Kalan-
0: I guess it's also like a seaside... Please. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and though though these shots would indicate that Lamangan's party had arrived in Sabangan, which is a seaport along the coastline of Kalanutian. Uh-huh. so that's where he would like land, and she would hear, and that's when she she would know that she's there. So when he went, so he went back home. So he went to Malbuan, And again, he beat the gong. I guess he just feels like, you know, he needs to announce his presence to everyone. Hello, I'm here. I'm a baby. (laughs) He beat the gong to gather his town people and then he invited all of them to his upcoming wedding. That's nice.
0: That's nice of them. And then
1: he didn't even tell his mom. Like, the rooster was the one who told his mom. Like, hey, look, we were able to get... Like, the rooster updated the mother.
0: He's a muppet.
1: (laughs) The rooster updated the mom that they succeeded in the suit. And so, the mom was very delighted. And so, she prepared the gifts for the daughter-in-law. So, it was like she got like gold-embroidered slippers, a wedding ring with a diamond, two gold combs, bracelet, and like a complete bridal Mm trousseau. And then, when all the people gathered for the wedding, so, they all went into Lamang Ship. Mm -hmm. And then, they rode to Kalanutian. Mm -hmm. So, they shot... That's shots. also a
0: Filipino tradition of, like, usually they go to where the bride is from mm-hmm.
1: and then they, they take her they take her back. Exactly, because you're bringing her over to your yeah. hometown eventually, right? So, they shot, the two shots were fired to announce the arrival. And then the pe- townspeople of Kalanudien went to the shore to meet the new arrivals. And then, again, Christian influence, they were eventually married in a church. Mm-hmm. And then there was a mass that was said for their happiness. And then after feasting, they danced the Fandango. <laughs> fandango! Fandango <laughs> sa ilaw. And the Which is a dance
0: that I had to learn in high school, grade school. Fandango sa, sa ilaw. Fandango yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a traditional dance that they teach you like in PE. And there's the one where you're holding like candles. Yeah. Or like then, a, a bowl of water with a candle.
0: And then you learn and how to...
1: And you move your. We're trying to describe it. So <laughs> you move your arm. Look, in Shane, watch us. Complex motions, and <laughs> it the, doesn't
0: flip over.
1: The trick is like, despite how com- complicated your arm movements are, the water doesn't fall out, the light stays on, etc. And you like you you loop it under your arm. Yeah. So, pandango. And then some
0: people do it while they're on the floor, rolling on the floor and doing this. And so the so the thing doesn't spill. We're gonna we're gonna have to post a video or
1: a picture or something. <laughs> I'm gonna post a reel of you dancing. Yes, do it. I will do it. Now there was a custom in the area okay. after the wedding and the festivity. There's a custom that you have to go fishing in the nearby area. Okay. Right. All the young men did it after they get mar- got married. Now the the thing is the night before it happened, kind of had a premonition, like okay. a dangerous premonition about it. And he told Inez that he had the feeling that he's going to be swallowed by a shark. What? And he told his wife that she would know of this impending danger by the following signs. So this is what's going to happen. Okay. The staircase is going to dance. What? The kitchen would topple over.
0: Earthquake. And
1: the stone would be broken to pieces. Okay. And so, Inez was obviously like, then don't go. Yeah. Right? But Lamang was like, no, I can't have to because That's it's your tradition. Yeah. Right? And so, despite Ines pleading for him to not do it, he, he went to the sea. So, he took off his clothes, he died. Why does he have to be naked? <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> Why? Okay. He took off his clothes and then he dove into the deeper part of the sea. The problem was he, was he was not able to kind of catch anything, right? So he went back to the shore just to kind of take a breath, etc. and rest. And then he made a second dive. And then in his second dive, he fell right into the mouth of a berbakan, which was a shark. And then when that happened, the staircase danced. The kitchen toppled over. Mm-hmm. And then the stone so broke. broke. And that's when Inez knew... That swallowed by a whale. Her husband got swallowed by a whale. He died. And so she kept crying. Oh, he died? He died. Okay. He died. The story's not yet done. Okay. So when he died, Ines is obviously grieving, right? Because they just got married. And (coughs) Lamang's pets comforted her. The pets were really like all around, you know. He's like Dr. Doolin. And then they told her, we can actually bring him back to life. Yay. She's like, they were like, don't worry. We can bring him back to life. The first thing you have to do is to get his bones from the bottom of the sea. Mm-hmm. And then Inez called Marcos. The old Marcos. The diver. Marcos was the diver. I thought he was no, the, no, old the old No, no, the old Marcos. There's old Marcos, the diver, and the rich guy. But it said here, he, she sought out Marcos, the diver. Maybe he was the same person. He was a diver, a rich yeah. man, and old Marcos. <laughs> so... She called on Marcos the diver and asked him to go dive deep to the bottom of the sea and get Lamaang's bones. Uh And so Marcos swam into the water. And then after several hours of searching, he finally found the bones. I guess he can breathe underwater. I don't
0: know. (gasps) He's magic. He he
1: brought these to the shore. And then the rooster told Inez to cover the bones with her skirt. Okay. And then to turn back. To turn around, turn back. When she did this, the rooster crowed and then the hen flapped its wings. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, the covered bones moved. And then the dog growled. And then it it passed its foot among the bones. it walked over the bones. And then suddenly, Lamaang rose and stood up as if he just like woke up from uh, sleep. Oh my goodness. And then goodness. when he saw his wife, he embraced him. He was like, Wow. I had such a good sleep. Uh, she's like, how could I have slept so soundly? And so, was like, you were dead. And I was so happy. And then, but also
0: she doesn't have a skirt at this point. I
1: know, right? So she's like in she's, her panties. She's half naked. <laughs> so she told her husband, no, 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 you weren't asleep. You were actually eaten by a shark. And then I was like, ah, okay, whatever. He was just like, yeah, he just shook his head. And then mm. they rewarded the diver. And then they, you know, they lived happily ever after with their pets. Okay. So that's the story of, of Lam-ang. Oh my goodness. And the only thing I remember of the story of Lam-ang which we studied what in 4th grade or I don't know, first year high school. The only thing I remember was the part where he bathed in the river. I but I forgot no about the whole killing <laughs> all the fishes and the ecosystem situation. I remember the one where he had to dive and then he dived like two times. But that's all I remember. I
0: only remember the chicken. But you
1: said he wrote the chicken. I thought he wrote the chicken. The
0: but you know what it is, Jim Henson. There used to be a Jim Henson storyteller special, mm. and I think there was a Hedgehog Prince, and he wrote a chicken.
1: Um. So I think
0: that those things like sort of melded together. You. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's really interesting. And I mean, to be fair, I think there are some adaptations of in the modern day, but it's not really mainstream. Mm-hmm. Which I find a bit, you know, a bit sad. Like it this is like a pretty cool story. I think it's think pretty
0: cool. It. I always wonder about like characteristics of, of people in epics nah. How come they seem they they seemed very the storytelling was very one dimensional. Like what are, what were their motivations? Mm. Did he not respect his mom? Maybe he liked his mom and things like that. And I realize it's a lot of a lot of it is very similar to modern day storytelling when they when they give like sort of flat characters because people could relate to them and project their personalities you know what you know what, personalities.
1: you know what it is it's it's plot driven storytelling yeah
0: not character driven not character driven yeah, yeah it's
1: all about because if you think about it if you're passing down a story orally the main things you remember are gonna be the plot points Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. this happened and this happened he defeated this person defeated this person and a lot of it feels a bit like not necessarily retcon but Mm -hmm. like editing after like oh didn't he tell his mom about this and someone was just like yeah 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 he told his mom but you know the rooster did it you know that's kind of what it feels like and maybe
0: it was more impressive that the rooster did it you know or maybe it was a respectful thing at that time to have your check and talk to your mom instead of you doing it directly I don't, I don't
1: know I don't know it was just it was just a sign of like how blessed he was because he had so many like yeah. magical creatures who were it's
0: kind of like aiding how, him it's kind of like how in many other cultures people's virtue is signaled by how beautiful they are mm. you know and and I was thinking about the bamboo falling down and everything and and maybe maybe they they wanted to signal juan Panganiban's Virtue, because he his hands were never vi- vi- violent. He never did it himself, mm-hmm. and so that means he's a virtuous man. As opposed
1: man. to his son, who ruined the river ecosystem
0: uh-huh. and cut off people's
1: heads to take off a bath to take mm-hmm. a bath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so I mentioned like modern adaptations because again there was sorry the movie was in 2012. Apparently there was oh. a movie that was released. It was specifically about Lama. It was in Metro Manila Film Fest, I think.
0: I think? Really? I
1: think. Okay, it was in 2012. I don't remember it. But, I mean, we talked about one of our favorite comic books, The Mythology Class by yes. Arnold Are. And actually, Lama Ang makes a pretty important yes. um, appearance in that book. He's one of like, so he kind of like, spoilers for The Mythology Class. Mm-hmm. Or not really. It's been around
0: for 20 years, so maybe. Hey, a lot of
1: people haven't read it <laughs> That's yet. That's true. I so, didn't read it until I bought it. So. so, the Mythology Class, in case some of you are interested, it's a really, really good kind of modern-day retelling or, or adventure story that features a lot of... Heroes and Creatures from Philippine Mythology and Folktale. Mm. It's this idea of, like, there's this class of students in UP. Yay, my university! (laughs) The University of the Philippines, which is a state university there. And then they take, like, this elective. And they don't really know what the elective is for, but they end up kind of having to go on adventures and defeat, like, monsters who were suddenly Mm. unleashed in Mm -hmm. Manila. Mm -hmm. And one of the people who on the side, and they're not aware that he exists but on the side Ang wakes up because he needs to like fulfill the prophecy or like yes. help kind of um, train
0: them almost he
1: didn't yeah. train them he actually he he woke up because I think there was a prophecy and he had to do something to ensure that the monsters would never get unleashed he
0: was the you know, unfortunately at the he was the one who f- had to hide like the magic box.
1: That would keep them hidden. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, he got caught by assailants and yeah. he was killed, and that's what unleashed monsters. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to kind of see that that rep- representation because. And I is, really
0: like it in the comic, they used ancient writing yeah. for all his dialogue.
1: Yeah, exactly. So so yeah, so he wasn't even like. He wasn't speaking, speaking Tagalog, in Tagalog or
0: Ilocano or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, so it was nice. That
1: was cool. And then, I didn't know this, so I wanted to check it out. But apparently, there's a revival of Legends of the Hidden Temple. Ooh! And in last year, mm-hmm. in the third episode, the third episode is all about the story of Lama. Yes. And so the challenges are based on different parts of, of his, his epic. His epic.
0: Nice! Isn't that so cool? Train the chicken
1: to talk. I know. <laughs> Court in I bet one challenge would be...
0: Yes. Well, I bet one thought. challenge would be like knock down this this hut and then build it up again.
1: We can check it. Yeah, let's check it out. <laughs> check it. So Please. yes, that is the first of the epics, Many epics
0: that um, we have.
1: That we have in the Philippines. I think, to be fair, this is one of the few ones that they do teach in school. Yeah. Right? There are many more that we can cover. So this is again this from... This is the only one I've heard of. From Luzon. In the next part of this we can we will feature the longest epic yeah. that we have recorded which is from the Visayas Panay province and also the now epic yay and that's gonna be super exciting meanwhile let us know what you think let us know if you want to feature any particular epics or heroes um, that you've heard about um, yeah and we hope you enjoyed this episode yay until next time bye bye Thank you.